everyone, and welcome back to Let's Unpack That. I'm your host, Paul. Welcome to your weekly podcast where this queer millennial and his friends unpack topics at the top of our minds through the lens of anxiety, depression, politics, holidays, resolutions, and everything in between. Um, today, we are unpacking the bullshit that is New Year's resolutions. Um, and, you know, this episode is going to come out after all of you have been seeing the new year, new me, all the different posts, all the different memes. You're going to see people that hate it, people that love it. And we just wanted to give you our take. Um, as usual, I can't do this alone. Um, so he's the only person who will stay sober during this podcast, but that's because of his paralyzing fear of carbohydrates and a way line that looks like mine kirk wilson welcome back to the pod i am eating tofu right now <laughs> god so proud even her poorly trained feral cat wishes she didn't join this podcast every week please welcome back podcast diversity consultant erica ellis first of all do not call my cat feral she shits in a box <laughs> And he's the closeted Gary Johnson voter turned radical leftist and r slash conservative lurker, Andrew Nagy. Welcome back to the pod. Thank you. I'm just glad to take out time from my daily Reddit trolling. <laughs> thrilled, thrilled to have you. Um, well, we have a super fun episode today. Um, we're going to jump into our headlines, as we always do, for the topics that you might have missed. And then we're going to talk fully and unpack New Year's resolutions. So do you like them? Do you do you not like them? Why or why not? Have you ever honored one in the past? Looking forward, uh, kind of what are we at least hoping for ourselves? Um, there's been a lot of dialogue like online. I don't know if you guys have seen it yet. Like there's dialogue on both sides of people being like, we survived 2020 and bring on 2021. And then there's like the other people that are like, no, we're all going into this thing dragging with our knuckles on the ground. <laughs> like there's like very much like kind of people I think are fitting into like both camps. Um, so I'm excited to talk about this with you guys. I don't know, like I watched last night, like the like 2020 year in review. It was like a Netflix mockumentary or something that I went on Hulu today. And um, uh, ABC has one. And I'm like, everybody's already making a joke about this year before it's even over. And now as people are listening to this, like it is over. And I feel like it's probably not okay to like move on without sort of unpacking the trauma that this year caused. Like, I don't think that we should just jump straight to jokes. I don't think we should necessarily like forgive and forget, but I don't know, like all of this stuff and all of the memes and all of the internet content coming out about it is like just kind of frustrating to me. I don't know. I do have one thought. I think I sent it to you guys. I think everyone that's listening should check out this page, which you probably have before, but on Instagram, it's called Saint Hoax, H-O-A-X. And he did a really, I think it's a he, I think it's, I think it is a man that runs it. Um, they did a really funny recap video. His content is hilarious, but um, they did a funny one that was about this year. Um, I think there's a way to do it, but I also think that there should, I, I mean, I'm a believer in like, just because January 1st doesn't mean like it's everything starts over like this, this COVID is continuing into Friday. Like, like all this stuff is continuing. So I think that, um, I agree with you, Paul, like it's a weird to just jump right to making fun of it, um, without fully unpacking it yeah. or understanding that it's not, I mean, the year might be over, but all the things that made this year so bad could easily make next year bad too. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Not to be negative. I think we were talking about this on last week's podcast where we were saying that it's kind of a funny, arbitrary marking of the time. But 
I've seen so many people say things like that, like, oh, you know, like, fuck you, 2020, like, bring on 2021. It's like, what is going to change between Thursday and Friday? Literally nothing. Also, time isn't real. And (laughs) (laughs) our calendar, like, I, I was, it was super random. I was listening to this guy who's, um, I think he's Saudi Arabian and he was talking about religion in the calendar and like our calendar is our concept as time as we know it is like very based upon religion. And I'm just like, Jesus fucking Christ, we can't have anything. (laughs) No, we can't. Time is Jesus. (laughs) It's ridiculous. Well, I'm sure we're going to get into that, but we'll start with our headlines. And this is our segment where we each pick one disturbing or hilarious headline from this week's news. um, And then each guest or host uh, can weigh in on that headline. So um, we were hoping to have Conrad here with us tonight. If you listened to the episode where we're talking about why we're voting for Joe Biden, I think that was like episode 39 or episode 40 or something like that. Um, You know, he was on then. Um, We're super excited excited to have him on. He's going to join a little bit later. So this is all just family tonight, our headlines. Um, and Kirk, you are up first. And I know there's been a lot happening in the internet sphere, um, or as they say elsewhere, in el mundo de internet. Um, I'm curious, <laughs> curious about any headline that you might have para los listeners. See, sí. um we so this you know the you are now listening to this that we're into 2021 but i think the the best part of 2020 i would say was the end of 2020 with um alec baldwin's wife uh ilaria baldwin um or as others know her as hillary or hilaria whatever however you know her whatever country you know her from um there's no specific headline because there's thousands of headlines, I think, but this has been like the most insane story of 2020, which is kind of hilarious because there's a million insane stories in 2020. But um, she basically, she's much younger than Alec. I think if anyone knows who she is, she's much younger than him, um, which is fine. But she's basically, I guess, been living this double life, triple life, quadruple life. I don't know what it is. And someone unpacked it this week on Twitter, I think is where it came from. Someone like, exposed it and then it was i think tmz did something about it and the post did something about it um but i mean i can't even do it justice by explaining i think everyone just needs to google her name any of her names and it'll pop up this story basically where she's been lying and saying she was born in spain and if you find all these videos of her over the past few years um she's sometimes speaking with a spanish accent sometimes in spanish sometimes in english sometimes by going by hillary sometimes by Ilaria. um so it's, it's, it's really amazing, this whole thing. And I think she posted a video addressing it, but not really addressing it. And then her husband, Alec Baldwin, posted a video not addressing it, but addressing it in a really creepy, spooky, serial killer way. Um, but it's, I think, the cherry on top for this year of, of like nonsense news that no one really should give a fuck about. But I think we do because it's just... Um, there's because we've had so much shit this year that I think this is like, this is like, I think one of those normal crazy stories that we happen all the time that don't happen that much this year because we have real things to focus on. But I think that's why everyone's focusing on it. Um, yeah. Like the last crazy thing was like Lori Lachlan going to prison. Yeah. And that was like, she's out. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think that this is something, I think if you have the time, Google it, spend an hour just diving into all the tweets and Instagram stories and content and watch their videos. And, um, 
I don't know what the verdict will be on this, though. I think it, she's claiming she's from Boston, but also grew up in Spain. Um, and just and she's playing the whole card of, I think, I, what I noticed, at least, was this, like, let me be who I am and accept me for who I am. Because, you know, that's how the whole world is now, which we should accept everyone for who they are. But she's, like, tapping into that, being like, let me be what I want to be. And it's a little bit ridiculous. Because like, you can't really fight that. You're like, I guess she's right. Like, you have to accept her. I'm sorry, you're not you're not transracial. No, transracial. That's a whole other episode coming soon. <laughs> but at the same time, like it's all easily traceable, right? Like correct. You can see where her parents lived for the vast majority of their life. So they did move to Spain in like 2011 or something. So she's claiming she grew up in that town that they moved to. Mallorca. But yeah, but like they didn't move there. It was less than 10 years ago. Yeah, it was like completely ridiculous. She's like forty. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) almost. And so, if you guys remember Michael, who was on this podcast before, who um, is the drag performer, Um, Michael's friend Donald is the social media correspondent for Bravo TV, and he has been like posting. He has a highlight. He has the whole thing. It like gives you so many details of where he or others on the internet have like exposed her lies and followed the trend. So I think his username is something like the Prima Donald or something like that. But if you go into my followers and search Donald, he'll probably follow up or or, or show up. Um, but uh, Erica, what's your what's your headline for this week? Is it also related to the Spanish? Well, I think it's so funny because. Someone said, like, she's impersonating another race. I'm like, dog, Spaniards are literally just European. Like, <laughs> they're not Hispanic. True. It's <laughs> true. But anyway, um, my headline is about my favorite Republican senator from Kentucky. Um, one bitch O'Connell. O'Connell. <laughs> McConnell. I don't even want to say his name right. Yeah, who gives a shit? Yeah, honestly. <gasps> who gives a who fuck gives a about Mitch? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We need we need a soundboard in this podcast when all of us try to say that. We just have <laughs> Melania come in and say it. You know those apps where you can like pay celebrities and like not like real celebrities, but people who are known to like make voice recordings for you? Cameo. Yeah. I wonder if she'll be on Cameo, Melania. <laughs> Probably. Oh, Probably. I would. I would pay money for that. We should all pool our resources and get oh, a, a, a lot Cameo. A thousand dollars, I would. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, back to bitch. <laughs> Ntway. Um, it came out today. At least the last update was like six p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But basically, the Senate. GOP members were bait our their thing is we will look at the two like we'll consider the two thousand dollar stimulus check if you um continue to investigate into um fraud around election fraud and I think the other one was there is a they want them to overturn a law that basically blocked people from suing social media um companies. So it's just, it's so easy to just say, okay, we'll give you the $2,000, but they don't want to make it easy because they do not care. Like this is another bargaining chip and it has nothing to do with us as Americans, um, those of us who aren't in politics. And he's just 
saying fuck you guys and i think he said that we don't want to accrue any more debt to put into the hands of democrats and their rich friends yeah what was that about i was like i didn't know i was rich <laughs> like, like yeah the lower tax bracket the lower income bracket majority votes for democrat what is he talking exactly. about yeah, it was like a weird spin. Yeah, that came out today. And I've had like a very similar frustration for that because like there, there's a lot of valid criticism around the things that the Democrats put in the three trillion dollar package. Right. That like Republicans were saying this has nothing to do with, you know, covid. Why is this in here? Blah, 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 blah. And like, OK, I totally take that valid criticism for sure. There was definitely stuff in there that was like about climate change, which to be fair, does have a connection with why we are suffering from a pandemic, but that's, you know, too big for their small brains. But the the piece now of that, that was uh, in May. So that was how many months ago now at this point? Seven? We are down to the wire <laughs> here, people. And to, to hang up and hold hostage aid for an election investigation that has been certified by all 50 states is like impossible to leave to, to believe there's there could not be two things further from covid like tech company censorship and uh fucking um election fraud. fraud i i can't yeah and the fact that like in the grand scheme of things compared to all the other spending the government does you know this is a lot of money but it's not as much money as other shit that they've got going on. And I mean, it's what it's a single percentage or, or 2% of the entire military budget, something yeah, like that. I for mean, a year. Yeah. it's, it's not that significant. And like, I, I don't know what he's, he's actually thinking, but from the outside, it just appears that he just really, really, really does not want people who need money to get money. Like, that's all it seems to me. Like, it's not about keeping power because he has power. And this is probably actually going to hurt the Republicans' power, if anything. But he's dying on this hill. And the only thing I can think of is he's such a twisted old fuck that he just cannot stomach the idea that anybody who makes less than $75,000 a year could get free money. I mean, he would be mad if people who were making less than... $200,000 a year yeah. we're getting free money. And it's, it's, not free, it's not free money. It's literally borrowing from our yeah. tax burden in the future. Exactly. And yeah. yeah. And I mean, someone put, not someone, um, Brian Sims posted, I don't know if you guys saw what he posted, but there was a really good um, tweet that I'll read. Basically, um, he said, giving 300 million Americans $2,000 a month for five months costs approximately $3 trillion, which is $1 trillion less than what, sh- has, than what has been given away already by Congress, 75% of which went to corporations and organizations instead of Americans, which is the, the truth. So it's really not about do we have the money or not. It's about where they want the money to go. Um, 100%. Yeah. And it's not even about fixing the economy yeah. because- they keep using that argument. Well, we should give it to businesses so businesses can reopen, but and then they can they can pay people who work there. 
but all those people are fucking laid off. And how many of those businesses are actually going to bring those people back? And people can't go to those businesses anyway. Like if you just give people the money, they will be able to put it back into the economy right away. I mean, for the vast, vast majority of people who are, who are going to get the full $2,000, everyone under that $75,000 cap, like that money is going to be back in the economy the next fucking day. Yep. Yeah. And it's, it's simple economics, right? Yeah. Like you give a bunch of people money, they will spend it and stimulate the economy. It's, it's, uh, it's all, insane. All it's about is all they want to do is just, if they're going to give money out, it's going to go to rich people who own businesses, not even, not even the middle-class people who own small businesses. Oh, cause they didn't get it the first time. Yeah. They, they, it all got loans. stolen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fucking. It, had people, it, it was stolen it by it was stolen by larger corporations Shake that Shack, had relationships right. with the banks, yeah. and it was stolen by larger small businesses who have relationships with the banks because they've worked with them for years and years and years and years. Somebody who's a new small business owner, somebody who's in a like a a, a rougher area who's a small business owner, somebody who you know like didn't have a great relationship with a bank for whatever reason. Banks obviously have issues with predatory lending, like this entire thing. I'm sorry. I'm hot. And like, I just, I, I don't want this episode to be about Mitch McConnell, but I, it it has never been more clear to me or to conservatives or to Republicans or to Democrats where the failure is at this moment, not where it maybe was if, if Pelosi's $3 trillion deal, you know, in May was just completely unreasonable, whatever, you know, like I, again, I, I can't even remember the con like like what was inside that deal at this point, but this is now way too late. It's way too late. And this is, not what other countries are doing. People are missing a week of benefits now. And it's like, fuck, do we just settle now for the $600? Because that's where we're supposed to be. And, you know, I was talking to somebody else. They're like, oh, well, I can't, I don't even qualify for that because I have to work two jobs to support my life. And I'm just above a hundred thousand dollars, but by my two jobs, I can't live off of one. So I have to, I was like, this whole thing is so fucked. This is so fucked. Like I just, you know, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm ranting without a conclusion, but, but it's just frustrating. I think that's where everybody is right now. I mean, he's literally the most hated man in America at this moment and it's insane that everybody who was at each other's throats a week ago or two weeks ago like everybody's on the same side like and this is the one guy the fact that this one guy is being allowed to hold it all up and there's no law saying that he has this power there's no statute saying he has this power it's literally because the people in congress his own party who is are saying that they want the two thousand dollars they're still fucking going along with him it only works because they are all going along with him it's absurd yeah Ooh. Good headline, <laughs> Erica. <laughs> Thanks. Andrew, what's your headline? Uh, well, mine's not as ridiculous as that. I mean, it's ridiculous, but it's not It's not as <laughs> intense as that. Um, so mine comes from NPR. NPR um, conducted a poll, and the headline is, even if it's bonkers, quote unquote, poll finds many believe QAnon and other conspiracy theories. Oh, this this just came out today. Yeah, this is literally hot off the presses. So um, going along with my um, love of going into the darker reaches of Reddit and other places 
um, on the internet. I really, I've always loved conspiracy theories. I'm not a big conspiracy theory believer. Because you believe them? (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, I I believe that uh, Mark Zuckerberg is an actual robot. Um, That's the one conspiracy theory i do believe um but i i don't i don't believe them but i just enjoy them i enjoy reading about them i find that they're fascinating but there's been a very significant shift over the last four years where conspiracy theories really aren't so much conspiracy theories anymore as they are just this like extreme cooked up whacked out stories from the right wing um about the deep state and the swamp and, and that kind of thing. And there really isn't any, like, I mean, even with stuff with JFK or or whatever, you know, you can kind of, you know, you can see some truth in it. You can see some funny things like the guy that went into the pizza shop four years ago and shot it up. Like there's literally, there's like zero validity to any of it. And this man went into a pizza shop and started opening fire. So that's what the QAnon conspiracy is. And the numbers here are kind of appalling. So the question that the poll asked was, is this true or false or do you not know? A group of Satan-worshipping elites who run a child sex ring are trying to control our politics and media. That's the actual question that they asked people. (sighs) 17% said they they think it's true. 37% say that they don't know. So fully 54%, more than half of the people they polled say that there is possibly some truth to this. Like that's, that's fucking terrifying. (laughs) It is wild. And, and this is actually terrifying because of, you know, like the, that guy who blew up that, or not blew up, but he shot up that, that pizza shop. Probably um, would have. If <laughs> probably would have if he had the ability. And now we're seeing, you know, with the protests all over this country this year, we saw plenty of right-wing groups with Q flags and other patches and paraphernalia on their pseudo uniforms that they're all wearing um, that are also conspiracy related or QAnon related. Um, and all of it's kind of like easily sort of provable wrong. I mean, other than the fact that like logically it doesn't make any sense. Why would a, a highly credentialed government agent be posting on 4chan in the first place and like in weird riddles that make no sense. And then there's very good evidence that it's actually being perpetuated now by this guy who owns this other website called 8chan. Um, and there was a whole forensic analysis about it. So it's this guy, he's like just trolling the whole internet and millions and millions of people believe it, like fully believe it. Yeah. And you have, I mean, I think one of your points you're saying like four years ago, it felt like it was funny or you saw it here and there, or it was a hobby, whatever. Yeah. To look at it. But I'm, but now you have like the the president retweeting it and like posting about like, there's been the probably, I think 10 to 15 times where he's at least acknowledged or given some promotion to a conspiracy theory, which then allows his um, followers to believe that it's real. Yeah. Which is why it's not shocking that 54, whatever the number was, because if you have, that's like how many people percentage voted for him. 50% 50% of the country essentially voted for him. So, I mean, I don't know. I think that it, it ladders up, equals up. Yeah. A hundred percent. And there was, there were multiple um, people on the ballots 
this year that were Q supporters or Q believers or whatever the fuck they want to call them. I don't think many of them won, but I I don't think any of them won, but I believe that they got pretty damn close, but they were on ballots. Yeah. And the margins were not that big. I mean, that woman that we share all the time in the group chat, Lauren Witzke from Delaware, she's basically a QAnon truther. um, And she got 30 something percent of the vote. Like, like, this is so ridiculous. I think that that's a whole episode that we should unpack QAnon, where we really go through it for people that have no idea what it is. I think people that have some sort of um because i have like not that i've ever believed but like if you watch some of these documentaries or something you you have some sort of disbelief or you you find the government sketchy which i think everyone finds parts of it i don't think anyone i wouldn't sit here like oh i believe the government's for the people all the time like i think there is questions but i think if you have that question and then you're watching something sometimes there are moments where you're like like I can see sane normal people for a second be like, oh, maybe this is kind of true because the way they angle it, the way that they make you, they um, feed off of your disbelief or distrust in in the government, which is valid, I think, sometimes. Yeah. Um, but then it, it, you can kind of get sucked in if you allow yourself to. If you're somebody that believes in um, other conspiracy theories unrelated to government, just, you know, I think that it, it intrigues you. Because I have people that will... Like, they're like, oh, I kind of believe that. But then you sit down and think about it logically and you don't. But yeah. right, um, right. I think there are a lot of people who, who aren't logical in this country and they just keep going with it. Yeah, that process doesn't happen. And I think that's Everyone. where the danger yeah. comes in. But because there is that grain of truth out there, not a grain of truth. I mean, there's a whole fucking wheat field of bad shit that the government has done. Mm-hmm. That's where I think like we have to be super careful and you have to think about these things logically. And you look at one thing and say, okay, that's definitely not true. You could look at another thing and say, oh yeah, that is that is true. Yeah, I agree. I definitely think... It deserves the full unpacking. And I like that for a like episode where maybe some of us read up on it and some of us like don't. And then we like play a game where we see like which one's true and which one's not. We should get someone that is a QAnon expert. I'll just call my brother. <laughs> or or I met, I met someone who doesn't believe it, but is like an expert. <laughs> oh, oh, that'd yeah. be fun too. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I was gonna say there is somebody that I listened to a podcast interview with, and it was fascinating. So maybe I will reach out to them because there's so much to like. I don't think any of us know enough of it to like it. It'll just be it'll be fun. But I'd be yeah, cool to have yeah. someone that like can be like, no, this is what it stems from. This is where it all yeah. comes from, and I, like I'm, I am interested. If we did that, say in like March. One of us would have to spend a full-time job between now and then researching it all because it's so convoluted and there's so like in just in four years, this thing has become this massive thing. And I think that's what this poll is showing. And that's really just the upshot of this whole headline is it's not a a fringe thing. It's not just like, oh, your crazy uncle who did too much acid in the 70s believes this silly thing and you can brush it off. It's like normal people that you probably stood next to in the cereal aisle. Yep. Yeah. I mean, he literally was asked by Samantha Guthrie, right? On Trump was on one of his town halls. And it was like, can you denounce or something? And she was like, come on, like, you know, it's not real. And he was like, I can't, I don't know anything about them. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's insane. It was insane. That's and, insane. And he, I don't, I just know they don't like pedophiles. I don't like pedophiles. They don't like pedophiles, you, but right. I don't know who they are. Yeah, exactly. That's a full <laughs> ringing endorsement that yeah. our president yeah. gave to QAnon. And, 
in his own speech, he referenced the Joe Biden is a pedophile QAnon joke. Like yeah. he literally yeah. made direct like and and the entire audience in front of him laughed. laughed. Like all of those people know exactly what QAnon is and how to use people who are involved in QAnon to do their bidding. It's fucking insane. So more to come on that. Um, my headline is a little bit different. Um, and it's actually Conrad's headline. He texted me and asked me if I could do it since he couldn't join. Um, so I don't know if you guys saw this because if you follow him, he's at Streets Department. Um, so you guys may have seen it, but I don't know for anybody listening if they've seen it. Um, basically in Philly um, at 12th Street Gym, which was like an iconic gay gym that closed about three years ago. Um, the property was then like sold to a developer and like there's been this sort of like three-year waiting period to figure out what exactly was going to happen with the property but there's this mural on the old 12th street gym which was like a gay mecca um where um it is the uh, a person in philadelphia who was the uh first director of lgbt affairs um ever um her name was uh gloria cesares or or um uh, I think that's how you would say it, like Gloria Caesares, maybe. Um, but Caesares, um, uh, she was an LGBT icon in in Philadelphia, and her face um, was painted on the side of 12th Street Gym because she was the the first director of LGBT affairs. And being that that person was a woman, no less a lesbian, it was a huge deal. Um, so after the, she passed away in 2014, they painted the mural in 2015, then the gym closed in 2017. And now this New York City developer just started painting right over the mural. <laughs> and it just is insane to me. This woman passed away at the age of like 42 from, I think, breast cancer or from cancer. And just the fact that like so easily, I think our art can be erased. Um, people who were really doing great work in, in a city like Philadelphia, which has a, a huge problem with homophobia um, and queer violence, um, specifically against trans women of color. I think it was back in maybe March or April, um, Dominique Remy Falls was was killed um, and her body was dismembered. <laughs> like, the, like this is a, a problem everywhere, but it is a problem in Philadelphia. Um, and just to kind of paint over murals um, of people who did some of that work is, is upsetting because we need to preserve public art. So right now there's a petition or, or something that's going on with mural arts and Conrad at streets department where you can sign and you can uh, request that there's a monument made because there's no stopping the painting over. Um, basically right now they've painted over it. So they put a projection up across the street. So now the mural is projected there, but um, just to go and look into that more, I don't know if there's a petition right now or if there's one coming, but just so we can get that monument instead. I think that's one of those things that is important um, for queer history. And, you know, your conservative family members will probably tell you that, oh, there's nothing about statues. You don't need statues, blah, blah, blah. Because, you know, Black Lives Matter has been tearing them down across the country. But I don't know, for the queer community in Philly, this is a pretty significant thing, um, especially for somebody who only passed away, you know, six, seven years ago. So that's my headline for the week. Um, but with that, we're going to take a quick break and then we will come back and unpack New Year's resolutions. All right, everybody. 
everybody and welcome back. Um, we are here to unpack New Year's resolutions. I, I have thoughts. <laughs> um, the first thing that I kind of want to talk about, though, is like, do we do them? Do we like them? Why or why not? Um, I have never really done one until 2020, which just sucks. <laughs> So like, cause I was really making a ton of progress. They were like maintained goals. I like put them out in the world on Instagram. Like I was like happy to share them. I told friends about them to like hold me accountable to them. And I like pretty much failed. So I am frustrated by the idea of new year's resolutions in general. And like I alluded to at the beginning of this episode, I'm also frustrated by the people. I saw somebody post something that was like, just when you life knocks you down, just get back up and keep going. Cause it's the only way that success happens or something like that. And it was like in reference to 2020. And I just thought like, this is so fucking tone deaf, you know, whether you're like one of those people that thrives on accomplishing goals or whether you're one of those people that like, you know, had a really tough year, like people are just going to have a strong reaction to that. And I know that people are just like put their truth out there about how they're living. But I just thought it felt insensitive in a year to tell people to stop making excuses because there were very legitimate excuses of all the things that happened this year when it comes to resolutions. So I, I do like the idea of resolutions. I do do them and I am still going to do one this year, but I don't know that they need to be this like public thing that we share, public thing that we shame, public thing that we like shit on, you know, like public thing that we brag about, you know, like I just don't think it needs to be like a full thing. Um, but I like, I like them because they work for me. You know, like I like the idea of setting an intention, maybe in January or maybe not like, but just sort of setting a goal and finding ways to stick to that goal, because that's really a lot of what like my therapy is. That's even how this podcast came about. That's how my Instagram came about. It's like by me setting a resolution to do certain things. It's like, I do like them, but I'm, I'm very frustrated with the, I guess, bragging about resolutions and then also shaming resolutions. I'm finding myself somewhere in the middle and I'm not normally in the middle because I usually have a strong opinion, but I, like the way that the internet is handling, I guess all of it right now, I don't know. So I don't know, Kirk, if you have any thoughts on like, do you do resolutions or do you like them kind of why or why not? But like, I'm, I'm curious because right now I'm feeling stuck and that's why I want to unpack it. Yeah. I think, so no, I don't do resolutions, but I, because how I define a resolution, which might not be correct. And so I've always seen it is like, um, it's like, I want to stop doing something or start doing something, but it's never been like goal to me. It's always been like, mine's never been this, but people like, you know, the typical one is like, I want to go to the gym or whatever. Like, you know, the first week of the month, everyone goes to the fucking gym and then they stop going February 1st. Like that's a resolution to me because it's like, I am out of shape. I want to get in shape. It's a goal, but it's also this idea of like changing your behavior is kind of always thought resolutions to be, which I think is important, which there's some things I would love to do that I have in my mind that I want to change my behavior. But I like to, you just said it, I think I like the past few years, I've been thinking more of as intentions. Um, and I've actually on New Year's Eve done like corny, like written down and burnt 
the intention situation, which I think is cool. And yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I did mine indoors once and um, my screen got caught on fire, but so I don't recommend that do it outside. But um, I think if you think of a way as goals, but I, I, I think you hit on it there. I think we talked about in the last episode too, that I don't think, it, I think a new year is a great opportunity to do it, but I don't think you need to like, all right, this is my intentions for the entire year of 2021. I have to do this in 2021 or all that kind of stuff. Um, I think it's fine if you're that way. I would rather just keep doing it. I'm a big believer um, because people have told me this and I've seen it happen for me is writing stuff down whenever, like even if it's not in a moment of I'm writing all my intentions down, it's just you have a thought and you want to, you want it to happen. I do believe that writing it down, helps that. Um, I don't know if it's a mental thing or it gets you to want to do it more, whatever it is. Um, but I think making lists and writing stuff down um, manifests it in a way. So I think looking at it that way more so than I, I don't really do resolutions, I guess. And I agree to your point though, because I think um, when I do things, when I do intentions, I'm not going to like post that on my Instagram or like, it's not never been about that. But I think resolutions, it's easier to be like, these are my resolutions for the year. And it's fine if someone wants to do that, I guess. But I think, um, right now it feels weird when I see that because I feel like I've been seeing that and I see it as like oh this past year happened it was really bad for everyone but I accomplished what I said I was going to accomplish and I'm better than you for doing that is what it feels like yeah like I saw somebody relive the best moments of each month and I was like I'm really glad that you're pursuing right, some positivity. positivity I just thought like oh my god like I was like and maybe that will help a couple people. But for me, I looked at that and I was like, you have a platform, you have a good amount of followers and you are sharing a recap of the best things that happened to you this year. Well, that's like, and that's, that's social media though. And that's all in their conversation though. But like, you know, you, you, you pick, at least at Instagram, True. you pick what you want to show and that's the cookie cutter part of your life, I guess, um, that people say. So I think it's probably the same way but i do agree i think it's a weird i think I, I keep seeing that i think is corny but i think it's true it's this whole like if you got through this year that's fucking enough stop comparing yourself to what you said you were going to do all that kind of stuff because because it's so unpredictable which i believe and i keep seeing i like that message because it's not negative it's like positive you know be happy that you made it through this year um just because i keep seeing the one i've hated since march since the beginning of all this is if you if you didn't if the past 10 months or five months, every months have been at the time, if you haven't started to hustle more or look more in yourself or learn more about yourself or dedicate your time. Cause you have all this time. That's now, what it was. I hate that because I don't think every person, um, you know, is able to do that just because we've been turned off whatever for 10 months, whatever you want to call it. Um, cause I think it's been really hard, right? That's the main reason that's not the reason. That's the main thing that's happening. It's hard. All this is hard. So not every person's going to come out like, writing a book and that's fine but it's great if you do yeah yeah, yeah. But lot, like, I look at, i've learned a lot about myself <laughs> that i think i don't know if i've taken action on a lot of it yet but like i think it'll come from this time right the period but it's just because i haven't like completely accomplished certain things doesn't mean i never would because i had all this time now or whatever the meaning people think because we had all this time that you should have been looking inward which i'm sure people were but a lot of other things you know, have happened that have caused people to not be able to do that. Anxiety, exhaustion, like so many things. And, and it kind of went fast. I don't know. 
Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, Erica, you were sort of like nodding and shaking your head. So I'm curious, like your thoughts on resolutions, if you like them or not. I like the idea of a resolution. I don't like the idea that it has to be a New Year's resolution. Um, And I don't like that people don't approach things like they should any goals that they set for themselves, because it's all it is, is a goal. Um, And for me, when I set a goal, it's something that's specific and measurable, and it comes with room for error. I had two New Year's resolutions this year, and both of them were doing really well until COVID hit. And then the second one skyrocketed and the other one fell off. And my first one was to go to the gym at least twice a week um, or to move, I'd say, twice a week. And COVID hit and depression hit and anxiety hit and just like... And gyms closed. (laughs) So you literally couldn't go. (laughs) (laughs) Because our yes. governor is a fascist. Yeah. Like, I couldn't do anything. And I stuck to reading and I read my hundred books, which was great. But I feel like it was something that I know who I am as a reader. I knew it was pretty easy for me. Um, and I knew it was a, within the realm of possibilities. And it wasn't just like, I'm going to lose weight. Because there's so many ways to lose weight. Right. That's a good point. Like no one's ever like, I'm gonna, you know, I'm going to start following these macros and I'm going to sign up with this meal plan. And this is what it's looking like. They just give out this random idea. And I think they're hoping that the universe (laughs) gets it to them, but that's not what happens. Um, And it's it's very elementary to me. Yeah, It's, it's, it's very like you put it, you know, on a piece of paper in school and then your teacher hangs it up on the wall. Like that's, that's yeah. to me what resolutions are. And they've never gotten more complex right. than that. Like people just, it, it, it's exactly like Kirk said, get in shape or eat better or yeah. be nicer or like, like I like what you were saying, Erica, around it being specific and measurable, like, because mm-hmm. the, without that, a resolution, it's such a big word, you know, like, and, and I feel that like mm-hmm. the, the the way that we go about our resolutions is elementary and it is very simple and face like surface level like i don't know but i feel like that's kind of where you were going sorry to cut you off yeah no you're <laughs> fine my waffles were burning <laughs> but i i agree like i said it has to be a real thing that exists with goals and steps and i also don't think that it has to be tied to January 1st because everyone's like they literally have their foot like they have the gas pedal like pushing through the floor and then they burn themselves out they get exhausted or it's difficult because everyone is on that same pathway and it's like well shit like I can't find fucking kale for the life of me Um, (laughs) there's no red mills there's no elliptical I was gonna say yeah the gyms are too crowded I can't go here yeah I think that it's great to like, I always do like mini resolutions. So I'll do one um, that's obviously super long-term, like the book thing I knew was going to be long-term. And then I have smaller ones, like I'm going to try to make it a goal to like, you know, max out my weights during every workout um, for this month. And then I didn't for the next month, I had a new goal and it's just like, 
I restart every month, essentially. Um, And I think that resolutions are only a bad thing because people think I'm not going to do this for 365 days of the year. So I'm done with it. It's so pass or fail. Yeah. 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 Hashtag rolling, rolling resolution is what you just described. You do it in January and then it moves to the next month. Rolling resi, baby. (laughs) Well, Andrew, what about you? We've chatted a lot. So what is, what is the straight thing? What does it speak on behalf as a, as a yeah. straight person? What I, is, what is I'm not straight. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, Erica, like it's, it's confusing because Kirk and I are gay. You're black. So like we, we can really only pick one identity on this. podcast. <laughs> First of all, you just said that you and Kirk share the gay. You and Kirk are literally the, gay. the same person. No, I, yeah. Listen, we're trying, we're trying to unpack uh, silenced voices. So <laughs> <laughs> two oh, white gay men white. <laughs> cisgender I'm Spanish. voices uh, by the way are you you're Spanish speaking of not that but literally just go on my Instagram sorry Andrew and it's a complex post first rule of 2021 never talk about 2020 like enough it's like a dumpster it's like a dumpster Fuck fire you. Yeah, like- but come on yeah like fuck uh-huh. off. The, the whole if we don't talk about this year and process the trauma that we're going through, every year will be more fucked up than the next one. <laughs> True. Yes, bitch. Twenty twenty. You know what? Twenty twenty was the year that I told people like, it's time. You need therapy. Like, did you do it? You need therapy. No, but did you start therapy? Yeah, like no, I told some no. of my friends who like. Oh, you've always you told people. I was gonna say I started therapy. <laughs> No, I guess I started the end of 2019, but, but I think that's a good one. Everyone should add that to the resolutions. Start therapy. Go to fucking therapy. Yeah. Yeah. Go to therapy once. That's a good resolution. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so hard. I will say I always like, I try to at least help people when I say get a therapist, I'll like send them therapist that they can contact because it's next to impossible to find a therapist who takes your insurance and is taking new clients and that you don't fall in love with with. people in your pocket. No, that's just a you problem. Because you're like opening yourself up and you're just like, (laughs) do not feel the same way. (laughs) Opening yourself up means emotionally, emotionally, not spreading your cheeks. I was hoping it would then lead to, I hope my therapist doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> I haven't been in like your months. next appointment mysteriously. <laughs> okay, so the pandemic hit and well, because it was all going. virtual, and I was like, I'm not. Pay- I can't pay for this. Like, it, it just didn't track for me. It's, it's not as good virtually. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. His pecs yeah, well, actually, it went virtual, and then it was your phone. Wait, what? you guys pay for therapy? I had to pay. You guys pay for therapy. Was I don't. My insurance, I, I haven't had to pay since I started going six months ago because my insurance through work is covering mental health right now. Maybe I should change my therapist. He's really good, actually, though. So I'm not. <laughs> Apparently, <Yeah>. he is good. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna unpack my therapist after this via text <laughs> the next. Andrew. Yeah. Anyway, Andrew, do you like New Year's <laughs> resolutions? <laughs> what are we talking about? Um. I think all three of you said exactly what I would have said. Um, there's something that I did in the past when I was younger, like in high school, because like, you know, all your friends were doing it or, you know, your grandmother asked you what your resolutions are. And there's just this weird 
culture around it. I, I don't know why, like all these things in our lives, there's always this weird culture surrounding these things and you feel like you're socially compelled to do it. Um, having people tell me what to do and feeling compelled to do things means I don't want to do that thing. So it never worked out for me. And also, yeah, you just write things down and then you're like, I, you're not, you're not really serious about it. You're serious about that act. Like, okay, everyone's asking me what my resolutions are. So I better come up with a bulleted list of five to seven things, but you're not serious about those five to seven things. They don't mean anything to you. And then beyond that, what Erica was saying is to, and what you were saying, Paul, is is the way we do it in this country. Like, it, it's a good idea, but why is it tied to the new year? Why is it like, you know, you just spent all New Year's Eve night s- drunk out of your mind and you're suddenly going to wake up on the first and, like, have yourself a kale smoothie and go for a six-mile run out of nowhere? Like, <laughs> what? And... Yeah, there's just there's just no thought put into it, you know. What is what does the word resolution even mean? That's not like here's my goal and here's the steps that's it's going to take to get there and I'm going to do two goals and that's it. Like people pile on all these things and they're vague and meaningless. Like I mean even lose weight. What does that mean? Do you want to lose 10 pounds? Do you want to lose 40 pounds? Do you have to lose weight because of a medical condition or like what is any what does lose weight mean? How are you going to accomplish it? Do you like weightlifting? Do you like running? Do you like riding a bike? You don't know. You haven't done it. You're assuming. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You literally, your resolution could be like find an exercise that exactly. you and, like to do and by it, trying. I just think we should stop calling it resolutions. I, I really I do. I completely agree. I think resolution is such a big word. Because we learn it so young. It's a really good point. I'm sure in school, we probably like did that every year. Like write down what you want yeah. to do next you know what i mean i think that was probably a thing and you probably wrote like really vague things so i think that be nice to my parents start like, <laughs> yeah. yeah i think we'd stop change it or start calling it something yeah. else i think intentions is well good. that's what i think i think i think it's an intention that really yeah. does work like so i i want to transition kind of into our next conversation piece about this which is like kind of looking back of intentions that you have accomplished whether they were related to like new years or not because to me I was so excited to start 2020 with resolutions and my resolutions, I, we were supposed to do an episode on this uh, at the beginning of 2020, but I just wasn't ready to get the podcast together at that point. So my resolutions were to get more involved in politics, ch- check, um, <laughs> to have more sex, which was literally impossible this year because I was only eating fast food. And then Third, it was to keep going to the gym. And I was until about February when things started to shut down. It was like, I liked the idea of it was get more involved in politics, whether it was in, in, in my mind, as I was like putting the pen to paper, I was like, I want to post more about it on social media. I want to put it in my stories. I want to cover debates and I want to share podcasts with my friends. I want to talk about politics with people and not argue with them. All of those were kind of like pieces of my resolution. And I can look back proudly and be like, I accomplished this one, you know? So like I, whether it was an intention or whether it didn't ramp up until the primary really started ramping up in the spring. Like, I feel so proud of that one. But then when I think about the other two, it was keep going to the gym and then have more sex. 
both of those things felt like impossible to do, given the fact that we weren't going anywhere, we weren't doing anything. You know, everyone was talking about these like quarantine babies when this first started. And I'm like, yeah, everybody's home so they can like, you know, have fun during the day. And then it's like, okay, but like now we're home for 10, 11 months, like all of this, all of this like possible energy to work out, to work out intimately with someone else. Like it felt impossible to do, or it was unsafe if you're somebody who's in an open relationship. And I was like, both of these resolutions completely failed because it wasn't, and I specifically prided myself on, it wasn't like get in shape. It was, Hey Paul, you did a great job of going to the gym. Keep going. It was just keep going. Don't, don't let yourself stop. However much that means it doesn't matter. Just don't cancel that membership. Keep going. And I, and I was like, it's when I think about these things of like the intentions that we may or may not have accomplished, like I get frustrated and I wonder like, should we really only set one? Like, should we only do one intention for the year? I don't know if you guys have thoughts kind of on something that you have set for yourself that you've accomplished, or if you think that one would work better or just kind of one piece, but that's something that like I've been thinking about a lot as we're passing 2021 now or the the threshold for 2021. So um, Kirk, I don't know if you want to jump in first or, or do you have one that you've accomplished for yourself or, or you can answer either question. I don't know. That's a, I was thinking today, what did I put myself in my shoes a year ago? I don't know if I, what I put, I have to look. I honestly don't, I was trying to think, I don't remember. I had just like gotten a dog and I was like excited to have this dog. And that was literally got it like the day of right before New Year's. So I remember like, I don't think I like did like a whole big New Year's like thing that I'm going to do tomorrow for myself. Cause I'll be alone probably. Um, but there've been past years where I have, um, and I, I mean, I know, I think in terms of the other question, I think you should have more than one because I think it's like to Erica's point, like, you know, some fall off, some don't. And if you really do care that much about it and you're in a rate yourself at the end of the year, which I don't think you should. And I'm, not that Erica was doing that, but, you know, she's saying, well, actually, one thing I was because of the way the year went, I was able to accomplish the one very easily. And the other one I kind of had no control over. Um, so you have I think having more than one is a good thing. I still really do believe in, you know, it, it's a good time to reevaluate your life every beginning of New Year's, but I don't think it needs to be like this year I'm accomplishing. Like, there have been times in the past where I've like written intentions down where it's like, this might not happen this year, but this is something that I've realized about myself that I want to accomplish or I want to do or become or change or act. And I may or may not have done that that year. It might happen later or it might still not have happened, but it's something that I've learned about myself in that year. Um, so maybe like reviewing how you've been in the last year and like how you want to... Um, change that or, or to your point, build on that. Or, um, as, so it's more about that and less about like, what are the goals I need to do? Um, but I don't know. I think I look cause I was saying hers with like a hundred books. Like I like, I kind of like that, even though it does fall in that category of, I want to accomplish a hundred books, but I, I, I don't know. I think that there's ways to do it, um, that are actionable, but I think it's also still located. Just maybe want to change, something about you and maybe it doesn't mean this year that's going to happen, but I've learned this by myself in the last year. Here's a new year. Here's me kicking off and starting that or keeping working and building at that, knowing that it might be something I can't look back at the end of this year and say, I finished, but you've at least um, made progress. I think progress is something we don't, we always like look at, is it done yet? As opposed to what's the progress did I do this year on myself in whatever Avenue that is, um, you might not have accomplished the goal completely, but you've changed something about yourself to keep working towards it. Um, 
is kind of how I want to start looking more at um, new, well, new year's resolutions and not resolutions, intentions and how you, how you um, go into a new year. But I do think we shouldn't be so dramatic about how we go into years either. I think that that's something we've so kind of learned yeah. this year um, is like, I keep seeing another one that is kind of funny. That is like, um, don't claim 2021 as your year. Just go in with um, dragging your feet or something, not making a sound, tiptoeing or whatever. Um, but I think it's kind of true in a way, you know, to go into it with an open mind and intentions, but not with this, like, I'm going to own this year and nothing, no matter what I do, you know, I'm going to accomplish what I'm going to accomplish. I think there's a, there's a difference between having, you know, being um, passionate and mindful of ma- making changes and, and doing stuff as opposed to like, I have to do this this year. Um, I think you, you set yourself up for disappointment a lot of the time. I feel like I just ranted for a while, but that's my answer. <laughs> no, I agree. And Andrew, I see you nodding. I don't know if you have anything to say on that. I think for me, the biggest thing is to know yourself and your limits. So I know for some people, like very easy to do multiple goals for someone like me, like I'm very good at having a single mission and like going all in on it. And that has what has worked for me. Um, A year is both simultaneously a long time and a short time. And it's great to see how much you can do in a year, but also for certain things, um, a year in, in the grand scheme isn't that long. So like, that's one thing I've learned about working out and like, I, I really enjoy lifting weights and, you know, people I think feel like if I hit that weight loss number or I hit that number of workouts per week goal, I'm done. I've accomplished it and you're, and you're done. And that's just not how, you know, just to use one new year's resolution that everybody uses working out or losing weight, your body is in a constant state of degradation. Like it's always just falling apart as we get older. Um, and me being the elderly member of the podcast, I feel that more this year than, than ever before. (laughs) Um, so it's like a lifelong pursuit. Like you can't just be like, Oh, I'm going to like, you know, get to a certain squat weight and then I'm, I'm done. Like you have to keep going. Equating um, it all to the gym. So for me, <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, but it is because like, we're all feeling fucking fat right now. Well, yeah, that is that is very very true. Um, but there, I think that's another problem with New Year's resolutions um, is that there's like what there's like fucking like three right. of them that everybody pick every every single year and everybody says the same ones over and over again. They could be anything. I mean, Paul have more sex. That's like and out of the box thinking really like, you know, your average person's not going to necessarily use that as their new year's resolution or their intention. Um, but again, with a pursuit like that, like, you know, you can't just like throw that in a spreadsheet and call it good. Like (laughs) (laughs) you like my little black book. (laughs) Yeah. It's a, it's it's like, everything is like a lifelong pursuit. But anyway, what has always worked for me is to have that, that one thing that I've done per year and I don't know why that works for me. And that's how I've always ended up accomplishing something, though the things I've actually wanted to do. But I think it's more about finding out what works for you. And I think that's the problem with all of this, with the entire self-help industry, which I think is largely bullshit, is, you know, whoever is selling you a book or a philosophy or an idea, like that may have worked for them but is it going to work for you? But they sell it as this is the one thing. 
Like this is the thing that everybody's going to do and it's going to work for them. And that's not necessarily true. I mean, some people January 1st rolls around, they might be able to, you know, write down seven things they want to do that year and they go for it and it works for that person. Um, other people, it's never going to work for them. Um, I, I feel that, you know, for me, what usually works best is the best time to plant a tree is yesterday and the second best time is today. So like, if you want to do it, just go do it. Yeah, I think that that is important. And I think that harkens back to what Erica said at the beginning. It's like time is totally relative on this stuff. Like I remember on January 1st, like it was like maybe 2015, 2014, we had done like um, probably 2014 and we had like done like a fun night. It was just four of us. Like I made cocktails for friends and like it was just super intimate, super quiet. And we all like got in the hot tub and watched fireworks from the hot tub. Like it was a blast. And then the next day I was so fucking hungover. (laughs) So I went to... Dunkin Donuts and I got a sandwich for the car and a sandwich for when I got home and a giant coffee and, and like then I put on Mad Men because I was still like catching up on Mad Men at that point and that was like the best New Year's Day I've ever had and I was like I'm not worried about starting any fucking resolution at the same time I also think like it's it's easy to be intimidated by this idea of a resolution because oftentimes I think what we're seeing is the finished product or, or, or a, a work in progress. Let me say, like, I guess, cause there's a, there's a couple of like people that I follow that are also like people who work out a ton and they're like, only through following them for years and years have I seen the work that they've done in eating 5,000 calories a day to bulk up to get muscle, you know, having like three beers and a donut after they work out so they can like keep like bulking. Like I, I didn't, you know, when, what I'm often looking at on Instagram is the finished product of those people. It's the models, it's the beautiful people, it's the other people in my life who I think are beautiful. And because I don't necessarily view myself as that yet, like I, you know, I, 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 I struggle to even like look at those people because I become jealous very easily. And I, I find it interesting because like the idea of a resolution because it deals in absolutes also makes it sound like it could be easy because it's just a yes or a no. I do this or I don't do this. Yeah. And like, that is totally not the way that we need to go about it because it requires so much work to really resolve to do something, to build resolve in yourself. So I don't know, Erica, I don't know if you have any thoughts on like kind of things that you have done for yourself that you're proud of. Obviously I think a hundred books a year is fucking incredible i have not done that since i was a kid but like if there's other things that you've stuck to that are you know things that you're proud of or just kind of your thoughts on that aspect of the work required to really achieve a goal i think for me i am self-aware enough to recognize that there are certain things that i cannot do like i am not a good dieter I am a lot of person and I require a lot of food and sometimes I'm tired or I just want to have a good time. So I'll eat out. So like things that I know would just completely go against my personality. I think you should always kind of cut out because that's just not realistic. Like I live in a city, I have all this access to, you know, take out food and restaurants and bars and I'm going to take advantage of that. Um, And that's how I choose to spend my money. 
but and it brings you joy yeah. it brings you joy too and and i think that's the other thing if you're not going to be happy pursuing this resolution like don't try to fucking pursue it like i think it's great when people want to lose weight but like people who do like the keto diet um atkins weight watchers stuff that's just supposed to get you to shed the weight and that's it like andrew said like you hit the goal and then you're done and then you probably just rebound and you're back to where you started or even worse um so for me it's just hold on let me yell at my cat stop it we're not go Sandy, what? Sandy, Sandy's what's your resolution, resolution? is to make me, is to kill me in my sleep, to be quite honest. I like woke <laughs> up this morning and she was just staring at me and I was like, damn, she had her claws drawn. I knew it. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm pro root New Year's resolutions. I think they can be a great thing, but again, it has to be with the right intention behind it. Um So, and I think it has to come from a place of wanting to do it, not wanting to have it. Oh, that was good. Put that on a t-shirt. I was going to say, she fucking snapped. Um, I love that. Isn't I? Wait, say it again. Wanting wanting to do it as opposed to wanting to have it. Yeah. If you that see so real. sell that, I'm fucking suing TM. Um, but it's true. <laughs> it's like, I, yeah, I would love to have a million dollars, but like, what am I going to do to get a million dollars? Subscribe to my <laughs> kidding <laughs> no, but i like erica i like that i think that's a bad example that's a good example and a bad example but i think i like that in terms of like i'm, I'm trying to think i just it, it, i don't know that like really sparked a lot in my head of like what when i think of things i and it's paul's point too like the, the example of you know you always seem to finish product i think there's a lot of times where i'm like i really want that but like it's not even like am i willing to do it i think you have to start wanting to want to do it mm-hmm. and then whether that also means like what the finished project is, if that's something that you keep doing, you have to want, even when you have it, you're going to want to keep doing it. So like, how do you make sure that that's what you're actually um, signing up for? Um, And I also think it will motivate you more to do it once you accept, Oh, I I just, I wanted, I want to do all of this. Like, it's not just, I want it. So it doesn't mean always don't do it now because you thought about it takes more work, but accepting that you understand that. I think it's huge. And my Mm -hmm. big thing is like, you have to fall in love with the journey of it. Like another one of my resolutions was to start getting into um, just kind of exploring things. So like I've gotten super into astrology and tarot cards and um, manifestation. And I like, if you were from, my church from back home. I'm not a witch. I still believe in God. (laughs) And I still do. Paul, don't give me that look. I've actually gone like before COVID started. This is, this is some true detective started. I was going to church. Oh, thank God for COVID then. (laughs) (laughs) You said it, not me. I have problems with the Catholic Church, yeah, I do. But yeah, I mean, I, I like the community aspect of it. Is that where you were going, Catholic Church? 
No, Paul. I'm good. I mean, Paul. I, I'm getting my gaze crossed. <laughs> anyway. They're all the same to her. <laughs> she oh doesn't see homosexuality Me either. <laughs> you can tell, Kirk. <laughs> anyway. anyway. Um, but anyway, I think. Yeah, it it just has to be something that you have some type of passion towards. And I think it's also justifiable to say that, like, I'm passionate about loving getting to a point where I feel confident in my body or I'm loving my body or, you know, I want to do better in work because I, you know, really aspire to reach these goals. But I think a lot of people are just like, hmm. Like, I think it's just like a thing that we're learning. Like you guys said, like we were doing resolutions in elementary school. I mean, I don't know about Andrew because his elementary school was a farm, but. <laughs> the farm was next door. I wasn't on the farm. <laughs> he was in his mom's basement. <laughs> it was literally the basement. <laughs> Knew we it. should really unpack Knew Andrew's it. upbringing. Oh my god. Oh, special guest, my mother. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, we haven't done an unpacking oh a person in a long time, but that was our original episodes. They were unpacking the person that I was talking to. I would love if we did an episode where everyone brought on their mother. Oh my god. <laughs> That's the QAnon episode. <laughs> sure. My mother doesn't even know I do this. That's, that would be the QAnon. That would be that would be the anti-vax. Funny if my mom works for the government and she'd just be like, "No." Yeah, like my mother has no tolerance for conspiracy theories. <laughs> so I guess then, like thinking about that, like, are we are we going to set any for ourselves this year? I know we talked about Christmas gifts that we want for 2021 or gifts that we want, but like that was a couple episodes ago. Are we, but are we going to set anything for ourselves this year? I don't know. Has anybody thought about that and what that will look like? Hell yeah, I do. I am. Here's my thing. I love resolutions. Oh, so much at the end of the day, because for me, um, it gives me a lot of purpose and direction And I need that or else I will literally be a clown and a fool. So I think it is positive for me to go for a resolution, but I think I have a healthy relationship with that. Um, But yeah, my, my resolution for this year is to actually be a little bit more vain because I like, if you go on my Instagram, there are no selfies. I refuse to take selfies. Damn. <laughs> that was a joke, guys. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Oh Andrew, Paul, and I all made the same face. Like. This is what I wish we had video. We were doing video <laughs> podcasts. Yeah. Well, we're oh, recording gosh. it so we can add this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. My resolution is just to take more pictures of myself and post them online. Um, and to also, um, put more effort into my appearance in the sense that like, I do not wear makeup. 
I do not often do my hair. Like right now my hair is straight and this never happens. Um, But yeah, just to invest more time into my appearance, because I think for me, it builds habits. Um, It gives me a different outlook on my day. And like, there's a lot of positivity around that outside of like, I might find me a man's with some money in a big dick. Not really, but um. (laughs) it's like, it's like when you put on a new outfit that you bought and you feel super confident in it. Like that's, that's that type of kind of like not working out, but Mm -hmm. self-love and image related that I, I love. I personally, I enjoy that a lot. I like that. Erica, I said the other day to my friend, I, I, I mean, I like this idea of vain, but not just that. Like I I said to my friend the other day, I want to be more vain in terms of, doing more things for putting myself a little more first than I think I do. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think I do that. I do that sometimes, but I think on a more regular basis and that doesn't mean to stop caring about other people. But I think um, like, like I feel like I am a really good friend to people and like, listen and take in, <laughs> shut the fuck up Erica <laughs> and take in. I really, like, I pride myself on having a lot of friends. Like I, I, that's just something I don't mean it in that way. I just mean, I like, listening to like, people and talking to people friends and they mean nothing to me Literally, they mean nothing to me but except <laughs> they just make me feel better that i have them um no but i mean like list talk i don't know like like allowing myself to listen to myself more i think is one of mine um because i think i do listen to a lot of other people and like i almost like a sponge it's kind of how i take it and then like people tell me a lot of things and then it's just i'm like soaked dry without really getting not the reciprocation but allowing myself to um do that for myself too. So I think being vain is a good one and that in the way Erica said it. And then also in a a less physical way too, I think is one of mine. I think, I think that's, that resonates with me a ton of just like effort into friendships and kind of transparency into friendships. This year was a huge kind of wake up call for me in that sense of relationships that I was trying to put effort in, but couldn't. And then with 2020, they just collapsed because like there was no even opportunity to see each other, but also there was nothing to talk about if we were to have seen each other and God forbid we hop on a zoom. I have nothing else to say. Um, And also I feel like I'm sharing so much of myself on my Instagram account that it feels like I'm like, you fucking know what I'm up to because you see it like constantly. But like what you're what you're saying, Kirk, like just makes me think about intentional time that we spend with people and being selfish with our time and really like narrowing that scope of people that you spend time with and not feeling guilty, I think is a huge piece of what can make it successful. I feel like I've went on that journey this year because COVID forced us to of who we spend our time with, how we spend our time with them, who's okay to spend time with, who it's okay to just text every now and again. But now it's about kind of like that, that forgiveness of if I don't answer a text, like I, my friend texted me on Christmas and I keep every day I wake up and I'm like, Oh yeah, I have to respond to her. And then I don't. And then I'm like, well now it's like five days later. So like it's, but it's, she knows we have a great relationship. Like she trusts me and 
she knows that sometimes it's fully okay for both of us to be selfish in this friendship. So she's not sitting there being like, well, Paul didn't answer me. So I'm not talking to him anymore because that's, but like, that's what the story I tell myself in my head when I'm not being a good friend or when I'm not answering texts or when I'm not being not, when I'm not being like selfish for me, but when I'm like giving all my time to other people, I need to be really focused on forgiving myself when I am not the friend that I want to be or that I just can't be, I guess, like at any particular moment. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I, I read somewhere that people were saying that I think it's a big thing this year with, you know, you can't see a lot of people. So I think a lot of people in your life that you don't realize you don't need and not in a negative or a bad way, but they've kind of, you're narrowing not making your circle smaller, but people are kind of going away just because of the nature of how, I mean, I think you're communicating more with certain people that you didn't have relationships with, but then you're also losing people that maybe you didn't have a relationship right. with in the first place. Um, which I think is, I mean, not, it's not always a bad thing. Yeah. It's definitely like evolving for sure. Well, Andrew, are you setting anything for yourself this year? I was kind of talking shit on resolutions. You know, I stand behind that in the way that society and culturally we practice resolutions, but it's been a shit year for everybody, I think. And I was already thinking at this point, like, oh, I have to start making some improvements to my life that I want to, uh, I've been neglecting um, over the last year or two. So it just sort of happens to coincide with the beginning of the year. I think I'm going to do it, not because it is the beginning of the year, but because I was going to be doing these things anyway. And I think the big one for me is not putting so much importance on my job because that's really what's been fucking me over for the last like two years is I, I put so much energy and attention and time into my job and I don't really get that back out. I mean, I, I get paid well and I get to do a job that I enjoy doing um, and it's, it's creative, but at the same time, you know, there's only so many 18 hour days and working weekends and holidays. And it's just kind of, I've allowed it to eat up my life when does it really need to, if, if I told people at the beginning of, the, of a project that they, you know, I need four weeks instead of just agreeing to two weeks or whatever, is that going to hurt the bottom line? No, it's not. Um, so I think that's, that's the big one for me. And I think everything else will flow from that. You know, all those things that I have neglected over the past two years, like I said earlier, I love lifting. I love riding my bike. Like those are things I just have not allowed myself to have time for because I've been working at those times that I normally would have been at the gym or out riding my bike or doing any other number of things that I would like to do, but I end up just working instead. As someone who works with you, I want that for you too. Like, um, that's something I've worked really hard on. Um, and I, I think I go through periods where like, I am a hundred percent engaged in my job and nothing else exists. Like that was basically me from March to June, July. And then it was like, okay, wow. What just happened? Like, I, just, I feel like I just came up from a huge nap and like, I don't know where my friends are, where anything is in my life. And then I was like, I need to quickly course correct this to deprioritize my job and force myself to log off and forgive myself if I'm logging off early one day because there was nothing left in the to-do list. But I know our jobs are different, <laughs> but fuck, I want that for you too, just because... <laughs> well, 
I, I feel like, I mean, we're all kind of in the same boat here where we're all kind of dust jockeys, basically. Yeah. You know, I don't want to get into pissing anybody off or get into an argument about like blue collar, white collar, whatever. Like I am of the opinion, having worked in both worlds, that both things can be equally difficult in different ways. And the thing with white collar work, like especially what we do in, in this year, like everybody like we were saying earlier, a lot of influencer people is like, oh, now you have your time to like write that book you've always wanted to do. And, you know, there's no excuse for, I just saw a P. Diddy made some stupid bullshit tweet about how like, if you haven't done something this year, it's just because you don't love the hustle enough. And, you know, how tone deaf is that for a multi, multi, multi millionaire successful person to say, like, you know, I have worked more hours this year than I've ever worked, even when I was going to the office every single day. Um, it's, it, there just doesn't seem to be an off switch to the jobs that we have. Um, and that's the thing is that I have to make peace with is that there is no off switchers. It's, it's this constant flow of new projects and, you know, things aren't done. Um, when I used to work in a machine shop, there was a very definite end to the work. It was like, here's the thing we're building and you make the parts and then it's done. And you'd clear through the backlog and, you know, you didn't have to do overtime that day. So I don't really have like, I mean, yeah, I was, I think that's a, I think that's an intention spend less time on work. It's, it's the intention. Now I have to find a way to quantify that and turn that into actual actionable goals because, you know, again, like I really don't believe like I want to work less. Like, what does that mean? I have to figure out what that means for me and I have to put it, write that down and then work through those steps Mm -hmm. week to week, month to month. Yeah. I think that's a good a good place to pause. Um, take a quick break, and when we come back, our action news for the week. All right, and welcome back for our final segment of the episode, where we talk about our action steps. So, by the time this podcast is released we will probably know some results of the Senate elections in Georgia. So I have nothing else to say other than follow me on Instagram for all of my gay fear. (laughs) I just, I, we've been working so hard on this runoff. Uh, I've seen so many organizers down, you know, like running around and, trying to get out the vote and handing out flyers and knocking on doors and going to places that don't even look like people live there. And I just hope that this pays off. So I have no action for everyone. It's just, just to watch the results of Georgia and watch me watch the results of Georgia. Andrew, what's your action item? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't really have one either. Um, but you know, now that I think about it, I think, yeah, just because of the arbitrary significance of the new year, it's a good time to figure out, like, what do you want to do? What intentions do you want to set for yourself in the new year? Because that's probably, you know, that's what I'm going to be thinking about for the next couple of days. So it's it's a good time to do that. I didn't have the intention of, of paying more attention to politics this year. Um, it was sort of forced upon all of us, but I also actively sought it out just because of my friendships. Um, and actually giving a shit about what happens. Um, so maybe that's something that you two can think about. And hopefully you do, if you already listen to this podcast, want to be more involved. Do that. Kirk? Mine was going to be, 
Um, so Andrew kind of stole it, but what else is new? Um, my mom is going to be too. Cause I mean, if you, people listen to this, the New Year has already started. So, right. Yeah. So I think, you know, you probably already put your intentions and your resolutions out there, but I think I'm going to steal something that Erica said earlier, um, which was, you know, maybe look at each month as a time to have resolutions and have intentions and change behaviors and have new goals and make that something you do all year um, is, you know, to keep, keep changing yourself because that's, you know, not just because January 1st, but any time of the year. So that's my action item. Erica, close us out. Mine is too, and this probably seems really silly, but um, first of all, have your lucky New Year's Eve dinner because I saw a lot of people who weren't posting their black eyed peas in cabbage. And I truly believe it's why this year is so crusty. But um, also... <laughs> to just write down two things that just two things like I always say to myself like they don't have to be two good things they don't have to be two bad things just two things and um literally my cat is acting the fuck up but that's irrelevant um but find those two things and just kind of meditate on them and um you know, think about the importance that they had for you this year, whether they were good, bad, or anything in between. And um, don't go out for New Year's fucking Eve. It's a stupid holiday and not worth another 100,000 people dying. So stay the fuck home. It's too too late for that. If they went out, it's our, this episode is getting released in 2021. Yeah. So no, quarantine. If you went if you out, went. fuck you. That's my action. I know to go fuck you. Fuck yourself if you came out. <laughs> Fuck you, but please rate and subscribe. <laughs> also, keep wearing your masks because just because 2020, 2020, 2020, 2021 doesn't mean COVID is gone. I'm assuming. I mean, if it is gone next week, <laughs> well, right. yeah. the post will end on January 1st at True. midnight. Get the fuck out of the tree. No. <laughs> Leave it in. Leave it in. Don't cut oh. We're, we're leaving all I the sandy bits in. Stop it. She, I, the whole time, she was completely fine with the tree. Now she's trying to eat it. She tried, like, she climbed halfway up the fucking tree. In 2021, don't get a fucking cat. If you want a cat, come to my house. DM me. I will give you my address. I will give you a cat. <laughs> And this has been another episode of Let's Unpack That. Um, As always, Erica, Kirk, and Andrew, thank you guys so much for joining. I hope that everybody has a safe and happy new year um, and start your week off with some level of intention. And that intention may be, I'm going to eat shitty food and watch TV. And that is okay. So we will talk to you again soon. Our next episode uh, will be covering the Georgia Senate runoffs. And I'm sick. So stay tuned for that. Thanks so much for listening. This has been another episode of Let's Unpack That. Bye.